Welcome to the Happy Place podcast. I'm Rina, your host. I'm a Shibari artist, tantric body worker, former dominatrix, and extreme sports athlete. I guide people to their core, creating safe spaces for healing and self-discovery. Since childhood, I've challenged societal norms. Through extreme sports, tantra, unconventional sexuality, and psychedelics, I've discovered profound truths. This podcast is for seekers like me, exploring meaning and spiritual illumination in the midst of life's intensity. Get ready to be inspired, amazed, and transformed as we unravel the mysteries of the happy place. Welcome, welcome, episode number 21. And today I want to ask you this important question. Have you explored psychedelics or other mind-altering substances? And if so, what is your take on this? What is your experience on this? And as I'm asking you this question, I'm really feeling into where you might be at, as I imagine some of my listeners might be those who are actively exploring and already have certain opinions and ideas on that and preferences, while others might be just getting started and just getting curious and really afraid maybe, or maybe just excited and feel like a huge journey is ahead of them. Or perhaps some have explored it before and didn't have such a good experience. Maybe there was a struggle of addiction or maybe just bad journeys, bad ruptures happened through them. So wherever you are, I can feel you. It's it's definitely there. And you're definitely not alone in this because I went through all of this. I feel like I've been exploring Uh, mind-altering substances for so long and it's been a life journey and I went through all the dark and ignorant and confusing places and dangerous places as well as well as all the light and beautiful and divine and superb and connecting uniting intimate places as well and one thing I can tell you to sum it up is that I would not be here where I am right now if it wasn't for psychedelics. Psychedelics gave me a different perspective on life. And I feel that the key to finding that happy place within ourselves that we are really looking for is an expansion. It's the expansion which gives us a ground for new perspective or new take because really what determines our internal reality, internal landscape, whether we are happy or miserable, is not the external reality, is how we interpret it, what we see in this, how we respond to this, how we judge it, how we evaluate it. Really, if you feel into this, you probably notice that your inner critic, the part of you that evaluates the reality around you, is the one that ultimately determines whether things are great or not. And the beginning of the subject of psychedelics, this is exactly what I want to bring up, is the key point here is that mind-altering substances are, as the title of it says, alter your mind. So you are actually able to perceive the reality differently and perhaps the, with a the new perspective, with a new outlook, with a new angle 
with a slight shift of consciousness, you're able to see different solutions, to notice something you haven't noticed before, maybe something obvious has been overlooked, or new inspiration that you just haven't had access to. And this wasn't obvious for me from the start. So let me share a bit about my journey with psychedelics. And I want this episode to be an inspiration for you. And I really want to meet you where you are because with this brief story of my own journey with psychedelics, this is where I want to share with you that I've been through all of this. And I've been the lost one, the confused one. I've been the one who rejected such experiences and I've been the one who embraced way too much of that. I've been the one that who was addicted and I've been the one who was frightened. I was the one who done it completely wrong and got in really bad situations because of this. And I've been the one who through learning something through those experiences was able to go deeper in my spiritual journey as well as in my life journey and my career journey and my intimacy as well. So let's get started. So back in the days as a growing up in Russia, I had a really dark exposure to drugs. Like that was so much anti-drug education in our school system. It was scary. They would take us to movie theater and they would show us railroad tracks and people having horrible withdrawals, like seizure looking like, just curled in and screaming. And it's just twilight and needles, like rusty needles and syringes all around. And they would show a person dying like this. And then they would give us an explanation. Hey, this is what happens when you are exposed to drugs. This is when you try it. Even one time, if you try some drugs, this is how you end up. And it was so strongly imprinted in me. And I told myself, no, I never do this. And that was the intention of the system. And yet things changed in the opposite direction. Because when I came to the United States, I started to hang out with a bunch of extreme sports junkies, people who want to do something wild and crazy, throwing themselves out of airplanes, like snowboarding, shark diving, all kinds of wild adventures. And I felt so drawn to this group of people. I really wanted to do something really crazy, incredible, fascinating. It's a whole another story of extreme sports, which I already covered in some of the previous episodes. So let me stay on track when it comes to psychedelics. So as you can already imagine by the vibe of this culture of people pursuing extreme sports as their lifestyle. So the same goes about their relationship with, uh, with drugs, with substances. Uh, they do it a lot. And I jumped into this culture and I felt met really well in this culture because the opposite would be either this really strict conservative conditioning of Russia or being in a cubicle job in the office culture in the United States and climbing that ladder of success of nine to five and traffic and corporate culture of small talk and all. So I did not want any of it. I really resonated so much with the wilderness and expressiveness and courage and 
like conquering fears and doing something extraordinary when it comes to extreme sports. So in my skydiving community, I had a group of people who were also going to raves. And I started to do the same. And that's when I learned like, aha, rave is some completely different culture. It's far from being a glamorous Russian girl on high heels and wearing Gucci. It's actually quite different. It's a different rebelliousness and expression that are really conquering the mainstream culture. And there was something really um beautiful about that something was really drawing me in and this is when i learned that people are exploring substances on those kind of events and my friends were not an exception as soon as they arrive like where is where are amphetamines where is mdma where is lsd let's do it and my partner at that time the guy that i was really looking up to he was older than me more experienced seem to be way more intelligent and wise. Well, guess what? He gives me five hits of LSD when I'm 22 years old and just tells me to have fun with that. And then we go to a dance floor of Psytrance, which is really special kind of music, which is usually well understood by people who do substances. It's a bit harder to grasp it when you're completely sober, to be honest with you. Maybe some people can. And... That's kind of what they say also about certain genres of classical music that you need to grow up with that and really spend quite a bit of time with it before you really get it. It's hard to just randomly just dive in and get it. So um, there was a similar theme around psychedelic trance music. It felt like a music that you really need to try to understand by being there more. And by being there more, I've learned that this is music that is created by psychedelic explorers to psychedelic explorers and the way the gateway in is to do some psychedelics so my partner gave me five hits of lsd and here i was really sensing the music deeper than ever like it can be in my bones in my gut and my taste on my tongue and my smell i could touch it i could swim in it i could feel it it was 3d i was also under the sky and i could see the clouds way above me and all i could see in those clouds are figures of people having orgies with one another i guess i was quite sexually repressed because of being slut shamed back in russia again so there it was i saw figures of people and orgies back in the sky and it, they were just doing all kinds of wild sexual acts with one another and the music that was going through my bones through my body I could just swim in it feel it immerse in it and it wasn't just so positive all the time I had huge emotions rushing through me I would get terrified at times I would feel all my insecurities would just rush up to the surface. I would feel like I'm being watched, I'm being judged. Uh, people hate me, people are against me. Somebody would approach me because they see that I'm tripping really hard and they would express concern, but that concern would not have a smile on their face. And I would assume that they just hate me so much and I would feel like the world is so hostile. I would run away from all my friends and just go through the night wandering around and really feeling threatened, endangered, terrified, and having all this 
waves of challenging emotions that I couldn't contain, I couldn't comprehend, couldn't hold. If I would find my friends eventually, they would not understand me. They would ask me some superficial questions. Did you have fun in your trip? Was it cool? Oh, cool. You did five hits of acid. Awesome. I was this kind of bravado and machismo in the community and this desire to be cool and someone who has fun all the time and does all kinds of cool trips and drugs and all. So there I was and I tried many things. I just went from one thing to another from LSD. It was amphetamines, which really was dark. <laughs> well, maybe first hour it was okay, like a couple of cups of coffee. But at the end, the withdrawal was so much worse. It was simply suicidal and there wasn't any support for me with that. And then MDMA turned out to be far better than that because I really saw how this depth and beauty of unconditional love that I'm ultimately looking for is within me and it's overpouring, overflowing. I'm there to share it. I'm there to, to be it. And that discovery really stayed with me. I felt that this is deeply truth. Even despite of having any support or guidance or intentionality, I'd say that this substances that I've just tried in different quantities in different settings have led me to some wisdom and self-discovery and insights. So one after the other, I've been trying it with this community of friends and it was really wildlife, uh, raves, skydives. We would, uh, we did even jump off a bridge with parachute while being so high on cannabis and barely understanding where is the bridge between this reality and outer worlds while needing to survive the jump where I had a couple of seconds before I opened my parachutes and land on railroad trucks, <laughs> speaking, coming back to railroad trucks, you know, started from the childhood horror movies and there I was actually conquering the same railroad trucks in the darkness of the night when illegally jumping off the bridge while being high on cannabis. So that's how it went for me in most of my 20s. Not knowing any better, I felt a lot of curiosity, <clears> the <throat> thrill, excitement when it comes to exploring all this psychedelics and other substances. I learned a bit through reading that there are different classifications, different dosages, different antidotes if you get too high. Um, some of my friends, although they were not super unconscious and well-educated, they still had certain reasoning behind their ideas on how to deal with dark journeys. So for example, if you know that certain substance like MDMA has a certain time where you go down, like what goes up goes down and you contract and you feel low and miserable. You just have to be prepared and have some Xanax and opiates as an antidote to that. There you go. Here is the happy solution. So I definitely overdosed on certain things from time to time. One day it was just way too much MDMA was given to me on the festival. And I just remember the place that it took me and my body felt on the edge, the heartbeats, the constant need to drink water. I was basically just sitting and peeing and drinking at the same time because it was just an ongoing process of consuming water and releasing water and uh, depletion in the system, not sleeping enough. 
So I definitely pushed my body quite far. And I have to say that I was quite lucky that the substances that we try, which were far from being clean, we would just get it from any random dealer without any way to really vet them. Just a random person who doesn't speak your language on some trans party in Europe approaches you with some powder on their hand and without a question, my partner would and there it goes. And he would assume that it must be cocaine. And then we would discover our drugs of choice. For him, it was uppers. For me, it was downers. And then we would learn how to mix them together just by experimenting. What would it feel like if we take some acid and then some MDMA and just see what happens there? So fast forward, coming from that lifestyle, I joined Tantra community and in Tantra community, you don't reject anything. You embrace sexuality, you embrace your emotions, you embrace all your lifestyle choices that are pulling you in, whether you're striving for wealth, for money, for success, for um, travels, or maybe you want to explore kink and BDSM, or maybe you want to explore drugs. The point there was that you need to do it consciously. You are not there to do it blindly. When you are doing it in a tantric way, you have to do a conscious exploration, not being mindless and ignorant and just making guesses and not knowing why you're doing this and where you're going with it. And right there in that community, I've learned that some of the leaders of this community have spent quite enough time studying certain substances and they were offering certain ceremonial journeys. And then I started to learn what does it mean, ceremonial journey with drugs, really? Of course, some people would just laugh at it. It's just a way to spiritualize your drug use and make it more <laughs> nice and acceptable. But I went a bit deeper and I've learned that it's a lot more than that. First of all, there is a certain intention of this experience, which is congruent with our spiritual path with larger life purpose. Second, there is a lot of preparation. You have to prepare your body, you have to prepare your mind. And third, like Timothy Leary is, is the father of uh, bringing psychedelics and exploring psychedelics in the Western world, like he said, set, set and setting is so important. And this is the first time I've learned that phrase, like, hey, this is really important when you're doing some mind-altering substances. How are you feeling? Are you feeling safe where you do it? Are you feeling held and supported by the people around you? Are you feeling prepared for all kinds of side effects that can come up? Is the place clean? Is it beautiful? How is the music? What are the sounds around? Are you prepared afterwards? How are you going to land after this experience? So I've learned that you can do a lot of preparation and set and setting really matters. And so this person, he was offering ayahuasca journeys in Thailand, he decided that he wants to blend this experience of exploring this mind-altering substance with our spiritual practices. And at that time, we were exploring uh, classic Hindu deities and uh, yogic philosophies, basically, Vijrana, Vijrana Bhairava Tantra, the Shiva and Shakti, gods and goddesses, different deities. 
And then here we were to go through goddess archetypes while on psychedelics. The, the same goddesses that we've been meditating upon for days and days and days, really learning to attune ourselves to their frequency. Here we are to intentionally be guided through those archetypes. The first one was Kali archetypes, the goddess of transformation, death and rebirth, like the one that crashes and smashes and eats your ego. And then going into the next one, goddess Tara, which is the mother energy, wisdom, compassion, nourishment, feeling one with the world, wisdom of oneness, and at the same time being able to act in the name of compassion in this world. And then goddess Tripura Sundari, the goddess of playful expression, passion, creativity, sexuality, and lust for life, surrender in the name of beauty. That was her energy. And the following one would be Bhuvaneshwari, the goddess of Maya, illusion, the veil of illusion, where we get blinded by illusionary perceptions and ideas about this world and how she has the power to take this illusion from our eyes so we can see the truth. And all of this was done together with a smaller dosage of the substance, which was a pleasant surprise for me. In my extreme sports community, they would give us a huge hit just to really get there, right? Like you better go all the way, you don't go at all. Well, here I was given a half of a shot of ayahuasca. And to my surprise, I've learned that the way my body is wired or the way my nervous system is wired is that it's enough for me to go quite far for the next eight hours. And some people need more and some people need less. For me, half a shot would be really enough to really go deep. And that revealed so much about my connection with these goddesses. It was a total initiation. I could feel that Kali wrath on my skin, on my soul, on my, my, on my being. And then I could feel that tenderness, that motherly energy of goddess Tara. And then I felt that wild tigress in me, the playfulness of sexuality and lust and passion for life, that it's so much bigger than sex itself. There is so much more to her. And then I went into this meditative state of feeling the illusion and dissolving the illusion, the state of goddess Bhuvaneshwari, those archetypal deities, this forces, this natural forces, certain, um, certain frequencies, certain states of consciousness, they were accessible to me so much deeper through the substance and through the intention of the circle and through the leadership of our shaman, our guide, because he also had certain quotes that would guide us deeper into these spaces. We would hear the music that would resonate with these goddesses and we would hear the quotes in the background. I feel like if he gives me permission, I will share the name of this shaman because it's so rare to have ayahuasca journey while, while exploring yogic philosophies, not the South American classic medicine journeys, but it's a bit different. And that was incredible. And after that, I started to feel there is no turning back to my rave explorations. And that was the beginning of the end of my connection with the 
extreme sports community because I started to get repulsed by this unconscious approach, being not conscious with set and setting, with the words that we use, with the speech, with lack of intentionality, and then lack of integration. That's another piece of having conscious journeys through psychedelics is the integration. I, my, one of my mentors, Cole and Tom, they are teaching psychedelic integration. They have this uh, slogan, uh, integration is not optional. And I really like it. I can see why it makes sense because what really matters is what you not what you experience inside the journey because of course it can be beautiful, delicious and powerful. It can be also be dark and devastating to a certain extent, like a major ego crash. But what really matters is actually how you deal with this after. How does it affect your life? What are the changes you want to make in your life afterwards? How do you want those insights to infuse every level of your expression, mental, energetic, psychological, emotional, physical? How do you want this to infuse your life? Can you take a conscious step towards integration or is it supposed to happen automatically? So these are really important questions and directions to explore. And I love how Ty and Cole, but many others these days in the world of conscious psychedelic explorations, they are treating integration as the most important part of the experience because we want to treat it holistically. And this is the tantric approach, is a holistic approach. You're not taking a break from your life and using those substances just to escape you're actually treating them as wisdom teachers, as some guides, as windows, doorways into new states of consciousness. And it is precious and we want to honor it. I remember right before splitting up with that partner who gave me five hits of LSD after doing so many things together, traveling the world together, going to all the festivals, exploring all the substances and all doing extreme sports together. And then there was one time we had incredible journey together on LSD in the festival, which despite of not being so intentional and conscious, we were so united. We felt so many things we never felt in our everyday life. It felt like a huge shift for our relationships, for our lives. And that's how I perceived it. But then as we fly back home from Portugal, where festival took place, Boom Festival in Portugal, we fly home and I'm still in the afterglow of the journey and I ask him how he feels. And he says, oh, good, that was good substance, good journey, good festivals, back to work, back to reality. And I try to humbly, softly tell him, but what we experienced was the reality. Do you see that? The infinite love, those expanded states of consciousness, this unity of everything, the interconnectedness of all that's shared pain and shared joy, that is reality. And I remember how cold he was and disconnected, indifferent. He became his old robotic self, the one that just goes through the motions every day, just go to work, drink some beer, watch some TV. And he doesn't want to change anything. He's okay with that. And I felt like I'm not. 
I felt like my reality externally, my everyday life has to change in accordance to the insights that I saw, in accordance to those spiritual revelations that I saw, that I felt, that I experienced. I just, I felt like I would dishonor all of it if I just continue living life the same way. I felt like my reality in, in a, my habituated state of consciousness needed certain tuning to that higher level of consciousness, certain way that I can vibe on the same frequency to the degree that it's possible when you're mortal human to connect to those immortal states of consciousness. I really wanted that. I wanted my spirituality to go deeper. I wanted my intimacy to go deeper. And I realized that for majority of people, the substances are a temporary escape, which has no ripple effects in their lives. They just need a temporary getaway and then come back. It was exactly parallel to my crisis in my dominatrix career when I saw that majority of my Wall Street clients who saw me as a dominatrix in New York City dungeons, for those of you who don't know me, I used to be a professional dominatrix for 12 years. Those were the people who just needed escape. They didn't want to change their life. They didn't look for spiritual illumination or transformation. They just wanted a temporary escape to just get away from a stress. And of course, it serves you on a certain level. But I saw there is so much more potential in our BDSM explorations. I saw there is so much more than meets the eye. And I wanted to take my clients deeper. And that's why I had crisis. I didn't want to deliver a higher dosage of drug because that's what I realized at some point watching different tendencies when it comes to exploring strong states of consciousness, whether through substances or through BDSM or extreme sports, unless you do it consciously, you need to level up the dosage because the same dosage next time will not be enough. You will need more. And that's exactly what happened in my BDSM career as I started to deliver higher and higher dosage of substance of spanking, of beating, of humiliation, whatever my clients were looking for to experience. Don't get me wrong, I find BDSM to be really healthy and beautiful, but when you start doing it that way, and when you start treating it as an escape and needing more dosage, more inputs, stronger inputs again and again and again, this is when you start dishonoring them. This is when that's... Um, that beautiful, delicious medicine, like I could say medicine can become poison. And this is where it takes you in the wrong direction. And I saw my clients in BDSM world just needing to make it bloody and way too intense and really take it far, far, far. And I just couldn't keep, couldn't do this to them anymore. I saw it's meaningless. It's not going anywhere. We are stuck in it together. And then similarly, I started to see my friends from extreme sports community overdoing the substances, needing more, getting high every day, thinking they just need to double up the dose, do it more often. And then the tolerance increases, sensitivity decreases. And I could see that they are becoming worse. Like if they're not evolving, they are stagnating and they are deteriorating. 
And this deterioration is easily seen. You possibly know some people in your life because it's just so common who are mindlessly doing certain substances and it's not serving them at all. It deteriorates their health, their wealth, and their life. And it's just not looking good. And this is why the substances have such a bad reputation because we there is not enough exposure of the great benefits of those magic substances yet there is a lot of exposure of bad stories of how things go terribly wrong and coming back to my initial story of railroad trucks and heroin addicts that's the worst we most of us see is that some way through books through news through stories and there is less exposure of conscious use of substances and this is one of the inspirations for this show and this is one reason i'm in austin because there is so much conscious explorations of substances there are ketamine clinics with such beautiful set and settings and very well educated very beautifully holistically educated um, doctors and psychologists and helpers and they know that integration is not optional. They know that intention is so important, that set and setting is so precious, and that every person is unique. There is no one way to fit all of us. So this is where I'm passionate these days. I feel like one of the greatest benefits of using those substances for myself is expansion of perspective, right? Because we suffer when we are stuck in one way of seeing things. Right. For example, someone is stuck in a place because they hate their job and they have to go to this job. I know that many people live their lives like that. Like they hate their marriage, but they're stuck in the marriage. Okay, this is a classic example. Of course, there are lots of more complex ones and unique ones, but just to give a classic ones, these are the two. And when you're stuck in this perspective, I hate my job, but I have to pay my bills. Right. Or I am not sexual with my husband. Uh, we don't connect. We are emotionally unavailable to each other, but we raise children together and we have household together. And this it is what it is. And some people just doomed to surrender to that. And they just keep living their lives like this. And imagine such person goes to some psilocybin exploration and then the whole world opens up and they see the world is so much bigger then their limited human problem. And that limited human problem has an infinite potential for solutions. Imagine how much more beautiful their life can become. But even, even if someone has the circumstances they can really not change, the substance can give a whole another perspective too, because it can show you some little places where there is freedom there is joy, there is creativity, because human beings are infinitely creative creatures. We can find meaning and joy and creativity in every goddamn possible situation. One of my spiritual guru found her enlightenment in jail, out in the worst places of all, where she was treated so horribly and had no freedom and no possibilities of growth and self-exploration and community and safety or support or anything, this was exactly the place that where she found her ultimate freedom. And she has a beautiful YouTube, I can share the link if someone is interested, where she shares how she found her ultimate freedom in jail. And 
she became a spiritual teacher that she is right now because of that experience in jail. Well, maybe some are lucky and for them it happens randomly. For her, it was a long spiritual journey and exploration of psychedelics before that, that led her to have this possibility. But I'm sharing this that because I want to inspire you that no matter where you are in life, no matter how trapped and stuck and how unfavorable you believe the circumstances are, there is a different perspective. There is a different angle. There is a shift of consciousness that is possible. And there are different ways to make it happen. You can find lots of possibilities for that if you open your mind for that. But just stay on track of this subject. Psychedelics, mind-altering substances can be the way. And I really encourage you to explore it mindfully. So... Take some time to not make it impulsive, to test the source of this substance, especially if that's the kind of substance that can potentially come from a wrong source and can have devastating side effects and consequences, right? The classic example, ecstasy that's sold on festivals can be higher dose of wrong kind of ingredients that can really kill you. Quite literally, it happens a lot on festivals, right? And of course, there's possibilities for potential for addiction if you like something so much. So the antidote to that danger is to treat those substances with utmost respect that they really deserve and to take time to ask yourself why you're doing it, to take time researching options in which community do you want to do it? Do you want to do it in, the, in your soul family community with a beloved? Do you want to do it in an intimate setting? Do you want to do it in the ceremonial setting in a group of people who are practicing some kind of religion or spirituality with the use of psychedelics? Do you want to hire a professional who will guide you through this experience? There is no one right way to do it, but I want to leave you with that, with that potentiality that psychedelics do have certain answers you're looking for. They do have certain ways to unstuck you, unplug you from the habitual ways of living your life and see something way greater than yourself. This peak experience is a really healing opportunity, not just healing in the sense that something is wrong with you, but it's an opportunity to expand your consciousness and meet something greater than yourself. God, if you want to call it divine consciousness, the great unknown, the infinite potentiality of this universe, it's all possible through those substances. At the same time, it's possible to meet your deepest pain, to meet the core wound, your place in you that you're afraid to visit otherwise. In, in those journeys, you can be thrown into this place of deep, deep longing and deep pain and deep isolation and loneliness that you've been avoiding all your life. And because you're in a safe container, because you're in a safe space, and this is, by the way, the prerequisite of a successful journey, that you need to be in a safe space where you feel supported, protected, in the best possible way. When you're in a safe place, bad trip is a good trip. In a safe space, this bad trip is held by safety of that space. So you can go deep into that, meet yourself in the darkest places and come through 
on the other side as a different human. We need all of it. We need the darkness of vulnerability and we need to meet the light of our peak experience of our most truest self of who we truly are. What is the nature of our existence? We need to experience all of it. It is healthy. It is needed to be able to experience community, support, intimacy of being together in this, as well as the deep vulnerability of the darkest places, as well as the boundless beauty of bliss that is our true nature. This is Jamie Will, by the way, who speaks about it in his book, Recapture the Rapture, where he speaks on death experiences, sexuality, and psychedelics. And he speaks of those three components. And I find a lot of resonance and wisdom in it because I know that we need all three of them. I deeply, intimately know that it's needed. We cannot just go high all the time and always stay in peak experiences. And yet we don't want to get stuck in this healing phase where we're only meeting our dark places, right? And for all of it to happen, we need a community, whether it's the beloved one intimate person you're with, or maybe a healing space of psychedelic church, which are quite trendy these days around this country, or other spiritual community where you are, or perhaps it's your soul family, a chosen family, like people who, with whom you feel safe to be 100% yourself. The mistake of going into raves and emphasizing that we need to have fun and party all the time is this is the place where we're not allowed to fall apart, where it's considered that something is wrong. And when we have a bad trip, where we're crying and sobbing and screaming and feeling angry, it's considered to be a bad trip. So the safety of the space is when we can experience all of it where we can be 100% of ourselves, when we can experience the deepest pain of our insecurities and where we can experience the deepest affection and love and kindness and bliss of our spiritual illumination and intimacy with our community. So community is very important. Consider those when you are choosing your next adventure. My highest encouragement is if your heart is desiring it, Go, explore. There is no one right substance than the other. I find that all of them, including heroin, by the way, has a potential for elimination and depth and beauty. But it has to be done mindfully. It has to be done consciously. A friend of mine recently shared there was some research long time ago on rats where they were given unlimited button to press and unlimited amount of some good substance. I forgot whether it was heroin or cocaine, something that makes them happy. And uh, the end of the result, the research that they kept on pressing the button and consuming it until they die. And then there was a next research to test the results of this research, which presented the theory that that research wasn't a complete one because that rat was isolated. It was in a cage. There was nothing else to do. So when the same substance is given to the same rat, well, not exactly the same, the same rat died, another similar rat, <laughs> dark humor here. And the same rat, the same substance, the same button, but that rat had all the entertainment and other rats around to play with all the things, the best things. I don't know how it looks like for a rat, but basically researchers gave rats the infinite possibilities of having fun. And guess what? 
rat pressed the button, enjoyed a bit of it, and then it went to have fun with other rats. So this is a lesson here. We want to protect ourselves when we are exploring this. And those substances can be incredible miracle for our hearts and souls when we explore them in the right setting, with the right intention, with the right precautions, with the right research and knowledge, and what's really important in the right community, set and setting community really, really matters. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Really share it from my heart if it resonated with you. I always want to hear your feedback. Sometimes, honestly, it feels a bit vulnerable and lonely to record those podcasts as I'm alone at my home. So your feedback will really help me to stay on track of who you are as my listeners and what resonates with you. So then I'm more inspired to keep on delivering this inspirational, beautiful, juicy, vulnerable, delicious episodes for you in the future. They come out every Wednesday in all platforms. I would really appreciate if you follow me in my social media to stay connected and to, if you want to leave uh, five stars and review, it's super helpful so more people can benefit from this shows. Wishing you a beautiful part of the day, whatever you are. Bye-bye.